0: Welcome to 20 Minute Fitness, your favorite podcast for health and fitness science and technology. Our show is brought to you by Shapescale, the 3D body scan that keeps your health in check. Shapescale is currently in beta and looking for additional participants that are based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Reach out to hello at Shapescale.com for more. Anyways, I'm Martin Kessler and today's 20 Minute Fitness is all about New Year's resolutions. And in a larger sense, about how we can actually successfully form habits. Let's stick. First a little history though. Some 4,000 years ago ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to celebrate and devote themselves to change. At the new year Babylonians made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return objects they had borrowed. If they succeeded in doing so the gods would bless them for the coming year but if not they'd risk falling out of favor with the gods. The Romans adopted a similar practice later on and eventually it led to early Christians adopting the new ritual of using the New Year to reflect upon one's own past mistakes and resolving to do better in the future. Of course, these days New Year's resolutions are largely a secular practice and ones that you do for yourself. But they are also an incredibly popular one. According to the Pew Research Center and YouGov, historically, somewhere between a third to half of all Americans usually set themselves new goals at the beginning of the year. The most popular resolutions are typically centered around one's health, happiness, and financial well-being. This year, exercising more, eating healthier, spending more time with friends and family, losing weight, and saving more money, top the list. Depending on whose server you go by, about six to 35% really succeed in sticking to their resolutions, however. With me today is Dr. Marcus Gardao. Marcus originally appeared on 20 Minute Fitness to discuss traditional Chinese medicine with me last year. But through his practice in Europe, he has also helped hundreds of his clients adopting new healthy habits while breaking off bad ones, which makes him an excellent guest to discuss how we can actually succeed with our own resolutions. Hey, Marcus, welcome to the show. Hi, Martin. Yeah, it's good to have you and see you back after our show last year on Chinese medicine. For those that haven't actually listened to that show, maybe you can just give the listeners a little bit more about your background and what brings you to our show about New Year's resolutions.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I did did a PhD in clinical Chinese medicine. So we were doing medical trials, but we're using Chinese medicine interventions, especially acupuncture. And in Germany, in Munich, Germany, um, I'm running a Chinese medicine clinic here. I studied my undergraduate in China. Um, that's where we met, actually, in what's called integrative medicine. So that's a combination of Chinese medicine and Western medicine. And then I did my PhD, as I said, in evidence-based Chinese medicine. And here in my clinic, I have I'd about, about say fifty uh, percent of the patients I have are actually here for weight loss. And um, with the new year now, a lot of these clients or patients have set New Year's goals of uh, reaching that and that health goal or that and that weight goal. And uh, I've been doing this for the last five years, so I saw what works and what doesn't work when um, making these resolutions and when forming habits. And so I think I can um, add a few insights from what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, and we know new US resolutions are incredibly popular. And hopefully, by now, when you're listening to this, you're still actually trying to maintain your habits because it's not ditching day yet. Uh, we're still a couple of days away from that. But at the end of the day, well, what's ditching day? <laughs> ditching day is when most people actually have given up their new US resolutions, January 17th. So almost three weeks in, they, they give up. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's shocking, right? I mean, like we set ourselves like all these new fancy goals. And, and, and why, why actually are we setting up those goals? We're setting them up because we want to become a better person right it's a new year it's time for a fresh start for us right. and everyone has got things about their life that they want to change or improve and like i don't know they want to either quit doing something or they want to start doing something and, th- and the reason for that is is that at the end of the day we're seeking happiness and we believe that indirectly by achieving those changes we can introduce more happiness into our life like i don't know be less stressed have more money or losing weight. We're we actually going to look thinner and be healthier. And, and then we're going to be happier because we're going to be this better version of ourselves. But right. at the at the end of the day, though, and, and that's why ditching day is ditching day, it is incredibly hard to introduce new habits. So so I want to talk about that today, uh, primarily because we know that is such a big issue, right? I mean, many people start with new habits and you know, give them on what survey you believe between 6% to about 50% of all people have, you know, given up on their newest resolutions by mid-year. And and that's kind of incredible, because, you know, we come in into the new year with all these good intentions. And and there's something in us that that sets us up for failure. And I want to hear from you, Marcus, because you work with hundreds of clients, and, and, and you've gone through those journeys multiple times, and you've seen and observed failures, and you've seen success, and of course you also learn from from those experiences uh, with every new client that you get, right? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically, what I what I saw is three things. So why people break their New Year's resolutions is usually, uh, first of all, the, one of the first difficulties is they are focusing on breaking old habits, bad old habits, and that's usually much harder than creating a good new habit. I saw when they for example, uh, trying to quit smoking, and you know less on weight loss, but more on the health goals. It's usually better for them to focus on something else than to to focus on not smoking. Or it's better for them to pick up a, a new health routine, like uh, going for a five minute workout. You know, just do a bunch of push ups. Than uh, um, to say to 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 break an old habit of eating a cupcake every afternoon. So I always uh, what I what I saw in, in in clinic basically or with my clients is that the people who were focusing more on creating new good habits, they would then after they picked up momentum, they would automatically kind of uh, drop the old bad habits with the momentum of the new good habits. But the ones that focused on uh, on stopping or breaking these old bad habits, they would usually fail.
0: Yeah, and, and I think I think it's also worth exploring. You know, like what what are we setting ourselves up as goals, right? Like e- even like doing an, an intro perspective, like looking at yourself, like why do you why do I want to actually achieve that change, like. Why does it matter to me? I think it's also the importance that that plays a role, right? If it's not really that important to you, it's much easier to give up that, that new habit, right? Exactly. So
1: that's actually the the second. So there's just three things that I've observed that I wanted to share with you and your listeners is the other thing is the the problem of the purpose that you that you said. Um, so a lot of people, for example, they want to lose weight and they say, okay, I weigh X amount of pounds and I want to weigh X amount of pounds by 1st of June or whatever, six months from now. But they don't have a real purpose behind it other than this number down to this number. Or they want to quit smoking, but they just want to quit smoking, but they don't really know why they want to quit smoking. They never really sat down maybe with a piece of paper or with me or with a with a friend or a spouse or a physician or coach and uh, and discuss their why and it's it's different for everybody else and I, I usually sit down with them and I ask that I ask them what their big why is and a lot of them they can't really come up with it because they're so in their head and then for example when it comes to weight loss or smoking I ask them you know if they want to see their grandchildren if they want to go and be able to play with their grandchildren and lift them up and run around with them and you know have a good time you go to that emotional level away from the you know these these mental levels and you kind of create that picture of of them being 80 years old and 70 years old and running over a green meadow in the sun sky and picking up their grandchildren, not having difficulties breathing, not having cancer, and, and kind of create this picture in their head, you know, and and make them have a, a specific specific purpose that they can relate to. So then, when the craving comes to pick up the cigarette or when they want to eat that donut, then they're reminded of their big why, you know, why they want to have a have a a, a good weight or why they actually want to be healthy. What what is their end goal other than a number on the scale?
0: And yeah, um, I, th- I think and that's I, a strong hook like that, you know, like not just even knowing what you're striving for, but I think what you're describing is also visualizing that, like putting correct. it in front of your eyes, imagining that person that you're going to be if, exactly. you, if you do this or if you stop doing X.
1: Exactly. And that's what it ultimately breaks down to. I think uh, James Clear, I, I, I think from what i've read so far about this you know habit formations
0: james clear the the author of atomic habits right atomic
1: habits yeah i think he he wrote the best book so far about how to actually make a habit change and that's what i observed in clinic to basically people who initially you know just by themselves naturally or uh, with my help and with, with help of others uh you know, kind of um, use those techniques described in this book, largely, they were the ones who were successful. But what it boils down to is that you become you're not you don't want to work out or you don't want to reach, you know, that in that weight. You actually want to become the person that works out. And so your new identity will be the person who just works out. And then there is no there's no more willpower needed. There's no more question of you, you know, doing your fifty push-ups a day or something. That's just the person that you became at that point. And that's your ultimate goal. You wanna change the person you
0: are. And imagine somebody comes to you and they tell you, okay, my goal is to lose weight. And a lot of people set themselves up like for that yeah. type of goal. Yeah. Like I want to lose weight this year in 2021. Yeah. And uh, what would you tell them? Like what should be actually a better Resolution or goal, and how would you go about it? Right. So
1: that brings me to the third problem that I usually see why people fail with their goals. And that is that they actually are focusing on a specific outcome. So they say, I want to have that and that body weight by that and that time. And then when they don't achieve, you know, they like, let's say they want to lose four pounds a week or, or whatever crazy goal they set themselves in the beginning, that might be possible, but later on, that will be difficult. And so uh, when they don't hit that goal, then it's easy for them to give up. And so it's better uh, for them to basically have not focused so much on a specific goal, but rather to focus on your system. So you set up a system and your system is that you only eat these kinds of foods and you're trying to work out every week. And you're, you're basically, your goal is to go into the right direction. You want to hit X amount of pounds and it's fine to have some goals, but you should rather be focused on the system in the meantime than to be zeroing in just on that one number on the scale at that and that time. So it's better for you to, you know, have have a system in place, let's say, you know, this and this is your diet routine, and then this and this is your workout routine, and um I always tell them it's okay to fail to fail, but don't fail twice. Like uh you know, if you're falling off the wagon, that's fine, but you're only allowed to fall off the wagon once. you're The next day you're back up. So for example, your goal is to lose weight. And so you're not allowed to eat processed foods and donuts and stuff like that, sugary foods for a whole 30 days. And sure, one day you're gonna, you know, you had a glass of wine or two glasses of wine, and then you ended up at the donut store and ate donuts. That doesn't mean that, you know, now your whole weight a weight loss journey just ended just because that one day you failed for sure. You're going to fail, you know, or people who want to quit smoking almost nobody quits smoking on the first run. It's okay to have us, you know, to fail and have a smoke. It's just the next day you, you're not going to smoke again or the next day you're not going to. So you're only allowed to fall off the horse once, never twice. And that's, that's a really good thing to, to get people going to help them overcome this problem. And then another thing that I found really helpful is um, to do these tiny steps. Uh, uh, James Clear says getting 1% better every day counts a lot in the long run. And that's true. You know, a lot of people, they want to change four, five, 10 habits all at once and they want to take huge steps and it's better just to have one little habit so in the beginning for example when they want to lose weight we only focus on the diet we just want to do 30 days of you know a high protein high fat diet natural foods or not really high fat but a high protein diet natural foods little carbs no processed foods and that's it there's no exercise involved there's no fasting involved there's no any other no no sleep change no no any other habit they're still allowed to you know you know stay up all night or whatever they want to do it's just that one thing is we're just going to do diet now and then once they've nailed the diet with tiny little steps and james clear in his book he even breaks it down to saying you know if you want to start a habit with like for example running he 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 calls it a two-minute rule and he says in the beginning you just want to get the habit right you don't actually want to perform it so you just want to put on your running shoes and that's it and then you put the back down the run you don't even go running you just get in the habit of putting on the running shoes so you're you, you just make it as small and mm. as simple and as easy as possible, uh, you know, preferringly you can achieve that goal in two minutes and then you're you're feeling good because, you know, that's an, that's an achievable goal or doing one push-up or doing two push-ups or doing three push-ups. And um, what i found over the years is the people who are good at just going into the right direction and, uh, and never missing twice and doing small steps of, you know, changing one habit at a time and that they have a, a clear purpose behind why they're doing it.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's really a the problem that many people face, right? Like they don't try to take one tiny step at a time. They try to change their whole life. You know, they take a 180, they really stop eating altogether what they were eating before. They start exercising every single day. Yeah, they go to bed at 9pm
1: well, well before they went to bed at 2am. That All these, these huge changes never really stick. It takes too much willpower and it's unnatural. You know, everything changes gradually. Like summer and winter, right? In the middle of the summer, you wouldn't imagine the middle of the winter, but slowly and gradually it, it happens and And the whole world changes.
0: So can you. Yeah, and I I think it's good, actually, instead of saying, like, I want to, you know, lose weight, and I'm gonna, I don't know, like, cut my calories by x percent, it's actually better to introduce smaller habits that will lead me to that goal, you know, exactly. Like, like like you were saying, you know, like introducing small steps, you know, like even just putting on the running shoes and not going for a run yet. Maybe that's something you're gonna do next month. Exactly, and then when you focus on that system, you're gonna be happy because your system is you. You want to be a
1: healthy person with, let's say, this and this amount of weight, but you didn't specific, specifically say you want to be that by the first of June, for example. If you started on the first of January, and so. You are going to be happy because, you know, every week you are following your system here. You know, your first week, you're putting on your running shoes. Next week, you're going to go run for five minutes. Third week, you're going to start with doing some more push ups in. But instead of just focusing on a, on a, on a goal that is you know, far away and hard to achieve and easy to give up. When you focus on that system, you're, you're gradually getting positive feedback and that builds up momentum. And eventually, you know, the habit takes over. They usually say it takes 90 days for a habit to really... Stick and uh, yeah. the first thirty days are the hardest, and it's true. You know, after you know, you don't think about brushing your teeth anymore, right? Or about you know whatever it is, it just goes on automatic pilot. And after a while, this is exactly what happened. You became that person that just goes running every day, or that does push-ups uh, three times a week, or something. You know, you just became a hel- that, that became you, and it takes no more willpower. And and then and, and that is what makes a thing realistic and and happening. And then also. Like you said, you can't be too too strict with yourself. Um, before yeah. we went on this call, uh, you mentioned this Swedish
0: study that I've yeah, there, there was actually a study right, like uh, back in twenty fifteen. There's a professor from the University of uh, Stockholm in Sweden, Professor Per Karlbring, and and he wanted to study. Okay, what is really the right approach? to set up and, and really go through with New Year's resolutions. And he recruited over a 1000 people, he split them up in three groups. One was the control group, where they just basically filled in a questionnaire with the New Year's resolutions, and, and that's it. The second group, though, they were basically asked to also name some friends and family members who could help them. And they received support emails throughout the year that helped them really to achieve their goals. Now the the third and final group, they were asked to make their New Year's resolutions more specific, measurable, and to be achieved within a particular time frame. For example, instead of just I want to lose weight, they had a goal, like I want to lose three pounds per month. And, and, and those were like super concrete. And, you know, like when he followed up with them every month, he basically saw, you know, how much they were progressing or if they dropped out. And at the end of the year, I think over 50% of them actually managed to complete their New Year's resolution. And he fully expected that the third and final group That made specific goals would be more successful because it's more measurable they could hold themselves more accountable but that actually was not the case actually the precise resolutions turned out to be less successful and you know he and his team believe that the reason for that was that those resolutions gave participants too much negative feedback you know a participant may have been losing successfully weight but then the person didn't lose three pounds per month necessarily as promised in the resolution. And, and that led you know the participant to abandon the whole project altogether because it was demoralizing. And and I think that's really a, a big takeaway from, from this study, you know, like not to set yourself up for failure by setting up, you know, goals that are maybe not achievable, especially when you're starting out from like a pretty unhealthy diet and suddenly you want to make this 360-degree turn and 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 lose like a bunch of weight every single month. It's going to be hard to really accomplish that. Exactly. Yeah, but um even beyond that and 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 there was something interesting in that study as well and that was the support network, right? Um those that were actually the most successful, they had that support network of family and friends. And that's also something that you mentioned you actually use for for your clients, right? Exactly. So
1: like i said in the beginning the the thing is you got to break your goal into small steps small realistic steps that are that are easy to achieve and then set this realistic and achievable system up so you're yes you have goals but you're more focused on your system and then and that as uh, james clear puts it that was that 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 power of compounding you know these small changes they they add up over time every day and you stay consistent and that they they will compound uh, exponentially and deliver massive results that's so true and then the other leg, so to say, of this is the uh, commitment, your commitment body, so to say. So when my, my, the patients that do a diet program with me, they see me every week and we, we uh, measure them every week and we measure their uh, waist circumference every week. And we look at their blood and their ketone levels, their fasting glucose and ketone levels. So we can see how well they're fat adapted already. Most patients nowadays have problems actually burning their own body fat because they're so used to burning sugar. So they're having to check in with me every week. And for the ones that don't live in Munich, you know, they I, I make them check in with me over the phone and make them. Make little contracts even with their spouses or with their friends, and and that's the second part. You need to have that accountability, especially in the first thirty days, to actually make it stick. There's this these studies that show if you make this public comment about something and you engage with like minded people, whether that's with a, with a coach, a physician, your spouse, your friend, a Facebook group, and that will make it, you know, four, five, six hundred times. Uh, 600% more realistic that, uh, you actually stick with your goals. A simple, you know, evolutionary kind of psych- psychology is, you know, we were always in tribes and, uh, it's, it's, it's easier for us to perform when we know that the other people are watching than when we know that nobody's watching and there's not going to be, you know, we're not going to let people down. There's not going to be disappointment with us, uh, when we, we don't set, uh, when we don't reach our uh, goal, so to say, or <clears throat> our resolution. And so making that public commitment and engaging with, my, like-minded people, whatever format that takes is is what I what I would say is the other 50%. You need to know how to set up these little goals, you know uh, these habits, making these small, making them small, making them achievable, focusing on systems changing your identity, but then you also need to have that accountability in place, Uh, one without the other will always fail.
0: Yeah, and and I think that that's why it really helps also to have like somebody, uh, you know, alongside with you on that journey, let's say, you know, you have a gym buddy that exactly, you know, you can't really stand up that person, you know, if you don't go to the gym, or if you don't show up to that class, even if it's an online zoom class, you know, they're going to be disappointed, or you're going to look, like like somebody that is going to give up and you don't want to be that person and, and that's why you're going to show up whereas like if you if you don't have that and it's just maybe I don't know like oh I could be going to the gym you know, next Monday, but in the end, you know, like you're going to try and make up excuses why you shouldn't be going to the gym because like too much hassle, et cetera. But because you have that accountability factor, I think that's really what helps you to go.
1: And even that, you know, in the beginning, it's too much going to the gym involves 50,000 steps. You know, you got to set up some time and get your running shoes and get your clothes and get into the car and buckle up and drive there and resist. Mm-hmm. You know, stopping at a at a fast food chain and getting in there and getting a membership and changing your clothes and I mean, there's so many. It's, it's too much in the beginning. You just
0: yeah. That, that that's why one of our previous guests, Ted Naiman, was really big on like, don't even go there. You know, start with a home workout. Even yeah, exactly. just start with like ten push-ups or something like that. Something easy. You know, it's going to take you a few minutes. You cannot really have a. Any excuses not to do 10 push-ups at least, right? And then you've at least done something already.
1: Yeah, and then the momentum builds. Really, it's it's actually very simple. It's uh, it's always the tiny and easy and obvious steps that win, and that you focus on your system rather than just being hyper focused on it on a specific goal and that you never miss twice, and then that you have an accountability partner. And when you do these things and you give yourself time, you know, every two months or every three months you can add in another uh, uh, habit for example you know you start off with diet and you add in exercise and then you add in sleep and then you add in stopping smoking or whatever but you don't do them all on the first of january but you know when you follow these systems uh, these time-proven systems it, it will work and you will be one of the few people who's actually will achieve their new year's resolutions this year simply because you know the maths behind it
0: This episode of 20 Minute Fitness is brought to you by Free Lunch Coffee, a company that is on a mission to end hunger from the lives of underprivileged children. 2020 was a tough year, but with the new year, we've got all a fresh start ahead of us. So are you ready to make a difference in 2021? How about ending the epidemic of child hunger simply with your morning coffee? With Free Lunch Coffee we can actually do this together. When you buy just one bag of free lunch coffee, you're also providing 10 meals to children in need. And free lunch coffee also donates 50% of their profits to end hunger in the lives of young children. How amazing is that? Their coffee is specialty grade, certified organic, and fair trade. And they offer a 100% money back guarantee for 30 days. So if you don't absolutely love their coffee, they will give you a full refund. And you can keep their coffee as well. You have nothing to lose really. They also have some fun custom made mugs and tumblers. And remember, every purchase from Free Lunch Coffee provides 10 meals to underprivileged children. Free Lunch Coffee is offering 10% discount to the loyal listeners of 20 Minute Fitness. Simply use coupon code 20FIT at the check out for 10% off. Check it out at freelunchcoffee.com and get 10% off with 20Fit. Free lunch coffee, making a difference in the world one cup at a time. So there's definitely you know, like that check-in component. And, and I know a lot of clients have that with you. I mean, know like to have like a monthly check-in, but you could have that also with like, I don't know, a friend or maybe your, you know, your, your spouse. You, you can definitely set up something where you check in every X you know amount of time and, and report your progress for better or worse. And, and it's that accountability, I think, that, that matters a lot.
1: Exactly. And then there needs to be consequences too. And I always like it. Like, for example, I do 30 days at a time. So we do 30 days to because nobody can diet forever, right? Nobody can have a a low carb Mm high protein diet for example for forever and never and never cheat on the weekend but you can do it for the first 30 days without any cheat days and so we focus on that first 30 days and we break we even break it down week to week and then i give them what i call a a short-term reward so we make clear in the beginning that their purpose and their why is clear so their long-term reward is for example they want to be able to travel the world when they're 60 or something or play with their grandchildren or don't you know don't don't have Alzheimer's when they're old those are these long-term goals and then these short-term goals is some 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 reward that we say okay we're going to start the first of January if you still do this habit you know like for example going for a run for five minutes uh, by January 30th this is the reward you're going to get for example now with COVID it's a little bit harder but um, you know go to this and this restaurant or go uh, a weekend in the mountains. Here we're uh, down in the Alps or you know whatever makes you happy, whatever is really, or get that dress or something, but you're only going to get that dress if you really achieve it. And so every day they're just looking for, you know, when they when they do feel down and when they do want to have that donut, they, uh, they're they looking for their dress, <laughs> their, their their reward. And then on the contrary, when they fail, first of all, they have that social pressure from their spouse or from, from me uh, as their doctor, but it, it could also help that they set up uh, a punishment. You know, a lot. some people work better with punishments, some people work better with rewards. And so usually you need to have both. And so, for example, when they don't achieve or when they do cheat or whatever, then they need to wire 500. It needs to hurt. So whatever their income level is, it needs to be it needs to be hurting them. They need to wire a hundred or five hundred bucks to I don't know if they're a big Biden fan, they need to wire it to Trump <laughs> or vice versa. It needs to be something that they despise more than the joy of a donut in their mouth having no knowing that they have to and it's probably best if their buddy does it or their spouse does it but they have to send 500 bucks to the Trump campaign or to the Biden campaign or whatever or to the National Rifle Association or whatever they hate in their life they need to uh you know it needs to hurt them needs to hurt them a yeah, lot i like that i usually i i have that a lot with the with the people who are porn addicted i have a bunch of clients that have porn addictions and for them it helps a lot to have you know when they do watch porn they need to you know, wire 500 or they, I, I even, I actually make them rip the money apart in front of me. So they need to bring a hundred, Euro bill into the clinic and rip it in front of me. I think it's actually illegal, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> you know, just that pain um that really works. I'm, I I find it that that works for eighty percent of the people uh, better than the reward. But it's best to have both, or they can even have a sub account. Uh, I, I I find that really helpful too. I make them have a sub account and their bank account. Usually, these online banks that's a that's a two click thing. And you have a sub account, like a reward account, I call it. And then every t- every day they go without. Having a donut, they get to wire 20 bucks on that reward account and then they can, and then they watch that reward account grow. And when they pass the donut shop, they get an immediate reward because they go to their phone and they wire 20 bucks
0: to themselves. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because
1: you're basically overcoming this initial, you know, our brain is, is not wired for delayed pleasure or delayed.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, right? You have like a long term goal and it may take you really a year to get there. Yeah. And you don't see it exactly.
1: And so the short-term reward of having a donut in your mouth is much stronger. And so you kind of hijack that same system by wiring yourself 20 bucks or 50 bucks on your reward account that, you know, later on, you can go and buy that watch or buy whatever makes you feel happy.
0: And I think another factor though, is also, you know, like removing a bit temptation and, and it can be especially tricky for, for people that have a lot of temptation in their life, either by having some other members in their household with that, I don't know buy a lot of unhealthy foods or you have a lot of friends that you know take you out to you know social experiences where i don't know there's peer pressure to to drink or eat a lot of unhealthy foods or maybe have somebody in your office that comes around with donuts every week or something i mean yeah th- that can be tricky if it's like really put into your face i think exactly
1: so that's again where it helps to have that that group I think James, James Clear uh, puts a very, uh, he got this four step process, which I find very good. He says to make positive changes, you need to make it obvious. So, you know, you want to go running, you put your running shoes out so you see them. You want to make it attractive. So, you know, it needs to be, uh, it it needs to be. You know, you basically you kind of reward yourself for going running. Like it, you know, then you get to get spend five minutes on Instagram or whatever. You need to make it easy, so you know, don't don't go running five k in the beginning. You just go put on your running shoes and that's it. And you need to make it satisfying. So that is you know, like like I said, with that wiring twenty bucks for a positive change. Those are the the, these four steps for Mm. positive. And then for the negative, uh, to avoid the negative things, it's basically the inverse of it. So when you have that guy going around in the office with donuts, you just tell them, dude, I want to lose weight, do not come by me, you, you know, or if you're porn addicted, basically delete all the, the browsers on, on your computer that let you surf uh, where you can surf with the incognito mode, right? Because most people use incognito mode when they look watch porn, and you need to make it less attractive. So, you know, if you do eat that donut, you need to pay X amount of money to per- people or purposes you hate, and you need to make it really difficult for you. So for example, if you're addicted to Netflix, don't have Netflix sitting out there actually unplug your TV and uh, hide the remote or put put the, put the batteries out of the remote and plug out uh, the TV power plug. So it's not that easy. You just don't sit down and do it. You actually need to put the batteries in and you need to put the mm. thing in. And by the time that happened, you know, maybe that craving is already less there because it just was more difficult for you to do and and make it unsatisfying what I basically said before you know when you you need there needs to be punishments unfortunately yeah. and so this is usually what what works really well but again all these systems they don't do anything unless you have an accountability partner there needs to be there needs to be somebody there that's checking in on you. If you're just by yourself it's almost doomed to failure.
0: For sure. Another hack that I actually want to bring up comes from the author B.J. Fogg, author of uh, the book called Tiny Habits. And what he suggests is also, of course, similar to to James Clear from Atomic Habits is to do introduce smaller habits. But w- one thing that I really liked from this book was that he was suggesting you should really hack your existing behaviors. Let's say, you know, like you go okay. to the bathroom or you're hanging up your clothes when you get back home or you're, I don't know, boiling up some water for your tea. One, one thing that he mentioned in the book, for example, is that every time he went to the bathroom, which is like an existing habit for him, of course, he would also do two push-ups. And sometime throughout the day, he would end up like having done fifty push-ups, and mm, just like that. Yeah. And and he basically linked, you know, like a new habit to an existing habit, and that made it so much easier to introduce something new.
1: Yeah, I think James Clear calls that habit stacking. That's also a very good technique. There's so many cool hacks, like using a habit tracker and and, and stuff like that. But but in the beginning, I think the most important thing is just keep it tiny, keep it simple focus on your system and have that accountability partner. And if you just get these things right, you know,
0: it's, it's like a thousand times more likely you'll succeed. Now, you also had clients that didn't succeed. Why do you think they didn't? succeed.
1: Yeah. Um, I usually find it that first of all, they're they're um they didn't have their purpose in place. Um so they didn't really the pain wasn't really there. They didn't really find they didn't really find their purpose or the purpose wasn't strong enough. Like they just wanted to look good for others or something. Then that never works. Or they like I said, like we said earlier, is they try to do too many things at the same time and then and then they fell off the wagon and then they usually see that falling off once as okay now everything was for nothing and i might as well just start smoking again or eat junk food again right and then and then the other thing is that uh uh, the third thing that i find is when their environment is too harmful for them so when they do want to change their diet but like you said their spouse or their friends are or they want to stop drinking so much, and their friends yeah, are just that, a bunch. Buy-in. Of, yeah, and when they have the the bunch of alcoholic kind of friends, at some stage you just I just tell them you have to get rid of these people at least for a while. Because if you're always in that group, you you won't be able to resist for forever. It's just a question of time until they break. So those is this is what uh, this is what I usually find happening. Yeah, it's not it's not particularly
0: enjoyable either. I mean, like you're always going to be that that guy that I don't know is like not participating and you're going to be like the party pooper and, and nobody wants to be the party pooper right yeah
1: and then a lot of times the you know I, I found it especially with the diet when they change the diet they actually the other people project almost their they, they, they don't want you to change because they don't want to change themselves and, and it can come it can get really really nasty where they're like you know don't you know just a little bit doesn't matter and and then they they become really aggressive almost for you to you know to smoke a little bit or have one beer or have one donut because you know when they see that you are losing the weight now they are sort of under pressure that they need to change something about themselves too and they don't want to do that so I usually just tell them you know blame you know you're having you're doing a really expensive diet program here just just all blame it all on me but uh when when their spouse is just completely against it and and uh, and they're constantly surrounded by these bad influence then um then they eventually break again so yeah they need to do a change oftentimes in their social group if the if the if their new identity doesn't fit their old identity anymore
0: another thing that i've seen work and and something that i like to practice actually doing a review so every year at the end of the year i still look back at you know, my previous year. And, you know, some things and and not strictly speaking, just New Year's resolutions, but some things, you know, sometimes mid throughout the year, I introduced some new habits, or I started doing something differently. I, I like to reflect on that, you know, because sometimes it works. And sometimes it doesn't work. And it's it's helpful, I think, to really you know start thinking. You know, taking that time, you know, taking that one or two hours of, of your time to to look back at, at those moments and 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 trying to understand why why you failed or why you succeeded, because those are all opportunities for you to learn from them. When you know, like you start your new year, or when you actually try and, and tackle something that you maybe previously failed, maybe you. You failed uh, with your 2020 resolution because, I don't know, COVID-19 happened, but something else happened and, and you didn't go through with it. You know, why is that? Like, what, what stopped you from doing it? What could you do differently, maybe? I, I think that that can be a really helpful exercise.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. Kind of journaling. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's a whole another thing, right? Journaling can be also a great exercise just to even look at every day, you know, the things that you're grateful for, and you know, like reflecting upon, you know, like your your day to day, you know, what what things make you happy, and and what things actually bring you displeasure every day. So I think I think that's also a helpful exercise.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially in this time and age, with the all these electronics and life pace picking up to such unnatural levels that we're all just running around like jackrabbits. (laughs) Nobody's (laughs)
0: <laughs> nobody's <laughs> reflecting anymore right yeah it's, it's it's easy to get lost in that right like to to get lost in a day to day, we, we live our day, we go to work and, and we do our things. And and then we don't really think about, okay, what could I do differently? Or what have I actually done?
1: Exactly. I had a patient today, actually, he says, you know, due to COVID, he had to sit down and, and shut a bunch of his businesses down. And he's like, you know, I realized I lost, you know, last year or something like that, he lost one third of his or he had one third of his expenses part was actually he has a transportation company was because they mismanaged the trucks and then they had to go and rent other trucks uh, simply because they didn't have the time to properly sit down and review things. And so they were losing so much money that they otherwise you know, had a hard time making mm. simply because they never really sat down and reflected on their system. And I, and I have a lot of patients now that uh, say, they t- can take COVID as a blessing. They they had to rethink their work-life balance. You know, now they actually do finish their work at 4pm or 5pm and then they have dinner with their, they pick up their kid if the school's open in, in your country, but they Pick up their kids from the from the school, and they have dinner together. And they risk re- and they see. Okay, I, I make X amount less. That also means I pay less taxes. But that also means I actually do have more time living with the people that I like, uh, having dinner with my family, having the time to go on weekend trips. Uh, uh, you know, having the time to read a book or pick up this and that habit, uh, a, a hobby. Uh, what actually makes quality of life? Um, and so I think you know, from time to time, like you said, sitting down and reflecting.
0: Yeah, it's like it's literally taking inventory, right? Like you, you you're checking, like, okay, what am I spending my time with? You know, is it maybe yeah. bringing me the most happiness?
1: So I think maybe sometimes it's better to have this instead of a new New Year's resolution. You mm-hmm. know, adding more things probably, probably for most of us uh, in the first world, better to <laughs> subtract a few things for the new year.
0: <laughs> subtract. So d- did you actually things. have any um, New Year's resolutions yourself in in twenty twenty?
1: Yeah, actually, for me, uh, the New Year's resolution is. I wanted. I, usually, I run the clinic till 8 p.m. We start at 10 a.m. <laughs> we start a little late, but I wanted to stop uh, basically working at uh, 5 p.m. I mean, having the last patient at 5 p.m. So I'm home by 6 p.m. That is my one big goal for this year. So I have a more more human-like work to life balance, at least for me. I think everybody's different. Some people are just born hustlers, and they really want to achieve yeah. this and that. And it's fine. I don't want to stop you, but uh, I just sat down uh, over the. Over the New Year's break, and I, I, I thought to myself um, that what I'm doing is not healthy, and that I want to have more more life and less work. Which which also I'm living with the consequences. That just means less money, but it also means more more
0: happiness to me, and that's worth it sometimes it's difficult to to really comprehend those trade-offs you know it's something i've been going through myself and uh, there are definitely times in, in your life when you know it really pays off to to work crazy hours but at some point in your life i, I think you also realize you, you your life is not necessarily just defined by your work for some people that yeah. might be the case and that's how they really derive their happiness from um but you know you know it's also important to have that that space to breathe i think if you just think day in day out on work uh, you may also lose a bit that opportunity to think outside of the box
1: especially when you're in the creative you know if your part if your job involves a lot of creativity that's what i always find after i i always after three months i take two week holidays no matter what and i and then i don't do any work related things and i when i come back from these two weeks you know i come up with the coolest new ideas of in my in my case you know chinese medicine stuff but um it's it's so amazing what These these and it's it's way more natural, you know. We were not designed to constantly be in this sympathetic mode all the time. And um but over over the the reason why I came up with my New Year's resolution is because over the New Year's I was reading that book called Hugge by this Danish author, H Y-G-G-E. It's a Danish concept of basically comfort and happiness. Uh, you know, the Danes have one of the worst weather on earth. With the most rainy days and the least sun, and they basically have like similar to other Scandinavian countries, like winters that are really, really dark for really long. Mike Viking, the Little Book of Hygge, the Danish way to live well, it's called. And um, and you know, I don't know if you know this, but the Danes for many, many years already uh, consecutively uh, score the happiest people in the world. On these happiness reportings rankings, and one of the big reasons he argues, of course, one is that they have a very big welfare state. So if you lose your job or if you get sick, um, you get you know you're you're not on on your own. I mean, there is free healthcare and there is a good unemployment uh, system, so you're not going to sit on the street or don't get medical care. And that makes up a lot of them why the Danes are as happy as they are. But, you know, the Finnish people, the Norwegians, the Swedes, also or Germans, Austrians also have similar systems, but they don't. I mean, the, the, the Norwegians actually, yes, but Germans don't score as well. And he says the big thing in Denmark is that uh, if you have a child, people are basically at 4 p.m. All, all employees with, with young children are gone and by 5 p.m., every office, pretty much 99.9% of the offices in Copenhagen or anywhere in Denmark, look like a desert. Because everybody's gone home, spending time with their children or with their family or with their loved ones. And um, the Danes meet with, with friends and family the most often per week, I think followed by... I forgot now who, but anyways, uh, and he—he he actually, that Copenhagen has an institute for happiness research. It's the only one in the world. Yeah, really? They're, yeah, they're researching what makes people happy, which I believe is actually the ultimate goal in life—happiness. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they're—they're they're, they're dedicating an entire institute to research into that, and uh, and they came up with these reasons. So, of course, it's the healthcare and the welfare state. So you know, your basic needs are met. Met, but after that, it's having the time. To actually spend with loved ones—that is what makes people the most happy, and that's why the Danes, despite all the environment that that sucks, are the happiest people in the world. He argues they they have actually they actually have the time to spend with people they like and play board games and sit together and, and drink coffee and drink wine and stuff. And so that's why I chose this um, New Year's resolution. Since and today I'm failing because it's eight thirty p.m. and we're still <laughs> talking. <laughs>
0: it's definitely something one one thing that i learned myself last year as well you know like i should not eat you know like after eight i should not be working after eight that much anymore you know it's too much screen time it's not enough time for you you know like to to shut down your system again you know like for for me i need to cool down my body right so that i can eventually fall asleep and i need to get into that mode and if i'm in that either like high focus mode when i'm at work staring at you know blue light on a screen or if I'm exercising, you know, heating up my body or, you know, doing doing, doing, or eating something that, that is also like basically filling up my stomach, giving my body more to work. All these things, they actually led to a lot of distress in my body. And then that's something I definitely learned uh, in, in 2020. And, and that was not really a New Year's resolution. That's actually uh, something that I learned throughout the year. My actual New Year's resolution was actually to run. Yeah, what's yours? Iron Man. <laughs> I wanted to run an Ironman 72. 70- Point two had signed up for it, but then it got canceled. That was supposed right. to be in May. So, and, and then, you know, it turned out that my wife was pregnant and COVID came. Everything kind of changed for me in 2020. I ended up still losing actually about 17 pounds of body fat without actually having that that goal. Actually, it was more around other changes that I introduced, you know, like I, I largely quit alcohol and, and like what what I mentioned, like late eating, late exercising. I cut down my coffee to just, you know, one cup in the morning and, and never any... You know coffee in the afternoon because you know caffeine half-life is is, is crazy it's like five to six hours which means that oh, really you have coffee out of your system after like 12 hours so imagine you have coffee at 2 p.m it's still in your system until like 2 a.m and, and that that's really disruptive to your sleep so that actually has led for me also to to sleep longer you know i've been really going towards an eight hour average from previously more like six hour fifty minutes which was way a little and, and you really feel that difference now. You know, back then I, I couldn't feel a difference, you know, when I was just sleeping six to seven hours. Now I can feel it, you know. If I have like one or two days, six to seven hours of sleep, I, I feel it, you know, I feel like that 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 lack of energy, you know. Like if you ever wake up in the morning and you still feel tired, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you shouldn't need coffee to feel awake in the morning. You should not need that. Right. So so for this year, I, I think I I just have like two simple habits that I wanted to introduce, uh, my stress levels are still pretty high, which is why I want to start meditating at least five minutes every day. And also second habit is not to really have any screen time after 10pm. So literally like not taking my phone into my bedroom, something I already started doing last year. And it's something I have to say, it's it's not an easy habit to build, but it's, it's very powerful because I can see it really like Having that, you know, it's it's not just the blue light, but it's also like that distraction, you know, like you would end up reading the news and maybe it's something that's emotionally upsetting because I don't know, somebody has been tweeting something angry again and then would make me angry. And, you know, it's just not something I need in my life.
1: Are there any, are there any positive tweets?
0: (laughs) There are positive tweets, but you know, it's not really the, the stuff that goes viral, right? It's all driven by emotions. So it has to be something that's either like funny or it has to be something that's uh, making you angry. It's, it's typically one of those two emotions. I
1: didn't know there's such things as positive tweets. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, two simple habits, you know, it's n- nothing crazy. And 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 that's really what I've seen work well for me, you know, like something that, that I now I can really keep up doing every day. Yeah, I personally use a habit tracker, and that's what helped me the most because you know when you have that
1: five. Yeah, what what's it called? Uh, I use Coach Me. It's a free app. You couldn't use it uh, for your screen time after 10 p.m., but uh, you could <laughs> punch it in the before that or the day after. But you, you know, you you just you know you you join a join a goal there, and uh, and then you and then you if you achieved it, you mark it green, and the phone vibrates. And if you have you know then ten or twenty, it gives you like little stars and. Visual feedback, and it just wants to. I mean, at least for a person that like I am, I just want to hit the green bars every day, and so and I don't want to have a gap in there, and I want to have the the week full of you know five times this habit or seven times that habit. But I also make sure I only build one habit every two or three months um, on there. And that's what I use. And that's what keeps me up with the meditation, for example. Mm -hmm. Because if I've done five minutes every day, I usually never set a habit goal seven days a week. I usually only do five times per week maximum. So I have two days slack. But if I meditated four days a week and then I see I missed Friday and Saturday, for sure I'm going to sit down on Sunday just to get that in. That's a trick that helps me. But I think that's a more advanced thing that's not necessarily... Helpful for, for sure. everybody in,
0: in the beginning. And, and again, that, that's going back to setting up yourself for Faye. Uh, if, you, if you set goals, for instance, that you know are uh, easy, maybe for you to accomplish during the week, but maybe hard during the weekend because you have other obligations.
1: Yeah, I really think if there's one takeaway for the listeners, it's uh, it's that you know getting one percent better every day counts in the long run because just like money, things just it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah it, it just it just grows over time. It just gets <laughs> yeah, bigger.
0: E- exponential growth, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's 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 getting you know like the the interest, right? The the annual yield that you derive from your investment.
1: Tiny changes really compound over time, and uh, and what you think is a tiny thing today, in a few years from now, you are a different person, and um, mm-hmm. and that's. There's one thing that listeners can do is, is do that and then be gentle with yourself. You know, you're not gonna stay on the wagon every day. Just, you know, don't don't stay off the wagon for two days in a row and then and then yeah. success is almost automatic.
0: And and if I have like one final closing word on this, I, I think it's Whatever you know habit you're trying to build, be it like a New Year's resolution or something throughout the year, it's not it's not a a law written in in stone. You know, maybe maybe you need to reflect on it. Maybe it was too difficult. Maybe you need to change it. You know, just because you didn't adhere to it for a couple of days, it should not be a reason for you to give up altogether. Because that's how you set yourself up for failure.
1: Yeah, people don't look back, right? What they've already achieved. Yeah. It's just like oh no, no, I fell off and the whole thing is over. But no, look back. How many days did you do it? And
0: yeah, that's actually something to be proud of. And it's reason to keep going, even if you failed maybe a couple of times.
1: And, and there's nobody who doesn't fail at least uh, 10 times. <laughs>
0: yeah, That's an opportunity to grow. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it's been awesome to discuss and, and learn from, from you. And, um, and hopefully it's been also enriching for our listeners, even if maybe they've already failed with the New Year's resolutions. It's not the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are the very simple things and I really do see them work in
1: clinic over the last five years. Those are the things that work. So yeah, give it a try. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and I know we mentioned a couple of studies and books. I'm going to make sure to add all of those to our show notes. We've arrived at the end of today's show. You should definitely check out our show notes on 20minute.fitness if you want to learn more about successfully forming habits for 2021 and beyond, of course. You can also find Dr. Marcus Garao on Instagram. His handle is at marcus gatto and you can find us at shape 20 fit this is martin kessler 20 minute fitness is mixed by lila lasso and produced by shape in san francisco see you next week